The 100% Wild Podcast is brought to you by Onyx Hunt, the nation's number one GPS hunting app. Download today in the Google Play and App Store. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast season in review episode. I'm Tim Chelsvik. I'm Matt Drury. That's Mark Drury. How's everybody doing? You may have heard of him. This is the show where we get to cry in our spilled milk and... (laughs) You Talk know, about the season uh, that was or wasn't. I would and, like to just go sit in my office right now quietly. I actually feel pretty good about myself because of how it ended. Yeah. <laughs> but if if it wouldn't have ended that way, I would have been like, man, this season sucked. <laughs> and really, it comes down to Stoltz. He said that so many years ago. He said, it comes down to you only get one or two opportunities through the whole season. What yeah. you make of that opportunity, whether you kill it, spook it, miss it, don't get a shot, whatever it is, will will define how your year was, Dead right? Uh, it's so Dead true. Right. He said that I can probably 25 seconds. years ago, and it was it was really prophetic because it's the truth, you know? Yeah. And at that time, he was missing a few animals, as people will recall, back in the early days of the, of the videos. So, you know, Matt, if you say there at the end, if the, if the deer turns and quarters to you and it gets dark and you don't get a shot, you're like, that's well, how my season went. That's <laughs> just about how it went. Yeah, but in reality, yeah. you got the shot, close it out with your yeah. target deer and you're like, wow, best season ever. Yeah. You know, Tim, you had some bad luck. You're like, this is a horrible season. Yep. You I'm know? quitting bow hunting. <laughs> right. Giving up. <laughs> but our, one of our listeners asked us a question about hunting kind of true trips or bests or whatever. Yes. This kind of lets us roll into our year in review. So we'll try to answer that. But question of the day is brought to you by the Sportsman's Channel, your home for everything red, wild, and blue, and the new home of the Winchester and Drury Natural Born Show. Yeah, man. This is Jake Chad from Southwest Missouri. And my question is what is your most memorable hunting trip to date. So this guy, Jake, he's asking, what's your most memorable, memorable hunting trip to date? That's right. Tim, and how about and you? So as, as I think back, just if I, if I scope it just to this past season, I'm thinking it's probably, um, it's probably the, the hunt where I had a buck about to step out of some brush at 18 yards, ready to roll. And all the cameras were rolling and he just, Stopped. Got spooked by some runners that yeah, were. Yeah, you were saying there's some runners that. <laughs> yeah. I hate runners, right? <clears throat> and you are like, one. Seriously. Well, uh, so, so big picture though, forever, always. Was there other, one other brief moment that, that stuck out um, on, a, on a much higher note? <laughs> yeah, sorry. I went dark, didn't I? <laughs> um, I, I think, I, I think probably a culmination of squirrel hunts with my dad when I was a kid, that will always be the start of my passion for hunting. And I just, those, I was probably five or six years old and those details are just like they happened this morning. I I mean, they're just burned into my mind in a good way. That's cool. Um, And so, so that, so that, that, and then taking my daughter squirrel hunting this past September at the same pasture where my dad taught me. And so that was a nice kind of full circle experience. Shouldn't that have been your, most memorable from this year then tim shut up man (laughs) (laughs) how about you mark you got a lifetime of memories well and i'll i'll narrow it down to this year there were two that really stood out one was when my mother killed her first deer Mm. her first buck with a crossbow that night that buck stepped out i didn't know him he walked in came to 13 yards stuck his leg out started licking it i mean just broadside shoot me me. she makes the shot he runs 40 yards he's dead that one because i could feel her 
shaking because I had my hands on her shoulders and I, I was talking uh -huh. to her through the moment. And I remember how excited she was. And then, of course, to end the season with Mason from Catch a Dream, that mm. was also a, a very, very special moment. So I had two really like that, you know, rise above the other occasions. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it was it was good. That's cool. All time for me would be the elk trip out oh, you know, with mm, Austin's no family in Northern Utah and Leopold. It was two years ago, I think. That was, I'll never forget epic. that. That was pretty epic. And to me, maybe it's because of the, the trip, the scenery, just in general. Mm -hmm. The environment. How big the whole thing was. But for this year, it would have been the weekend during gun season where I took Cameron both days. Like that yeah. was really, and I had some memorable moments at the least this year but for me you know just being able to spend the time with him and to see him be so excited about the process sure. and ask a billion questions and now he you know he knows scott he calls him scotty scotty gonna be there <laughs> hottie scotty you know that, like all that stuff it's fun it was fun and he's definitely got a passion for it so yeah. um you know I, I just got to continue to nurture it along the the common thread in in all these stories and and even you know as you talk to buddies about their favorite hunting stories it it always comes down to relationships it's it's very yeah. rarely about the animal itself it's usually about the people that are involved yeah that's the only downfall this season because it for for me personally because of dad's camp getting hit with EHD so bad and even in Illinois like those were always my favorite hunts of the year mm. were camp during like say the Missouri rifle season we always have a guest in and so you got a big camp in how you know a dad's farm there and then the Illinois you know whether it's first or second gun season or whichever gun season it is you know and Tommy and like all the camaraderie that goes with it I'm more about the social element of it than I love being out. I love getting to get away from life in mm -hmm. general and, sure. and being in the woods, but I love the social aspect of camp and we didn't, I felt bad for Scott more than myself because he was stuck with me all <laughs> fall and we hunted a lot and uh, he didn't get to experience the camp the, stuff, the social side, which is the yeah. funnest part mm -hmm. really. For sure. So. It is. It is the most fun. We had a lot of parties, and a lot of music and a lot of folks and camp was full all year, man. I, yeah. I was, by the end of the season, I was like, I feel like an outfitter this year. Man. Yeah, that's was, yeah. what it I seemed mean, really like. Felt like it, man. Yeah. 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 I went to a dove camp one time and it was just the same. It's just like the animal doesn't matter. It was just the fact that there are these no people doubt. here gathered for a similar sure. purpose and they're eating, you know, tons of food. Well, it's, there's that saying, it's impossible to be in a bad mood in the woods. It's impossible to be in a bad mood in, in camp, right? So Agreed. everybody's there. Yeah. They're doing what they love. They're yeah. always in a great mood. So therefore, it's always, always, you know, a fond time. Sure. Yeah. It's just a break from reality. Yours just happens to be your reality too. I mean, that's the weird mm -hmm. part about it. It's yeah. not necessarily a break for you, but everybody that's coming into camp, oh yeah, it's a break for them, you know? So I don't know. How's that feel to have to, you're working your butt off that whole you Wade, you know, you guys are working your tail off, but yet, you know, you got to get a guest on a deer in basically three to five days. It's, it's, it's brutal. Like I said, yeah. I, I have a greater appreciation for Austin because, <laughs> yeah. you know, he, he, and we've done this for years, obviously, yeah. but not like this year because we had a, a young man that was working for us and first week of the season, he, he resigns and moves back yep. to, moves back to Texas. So all of the weight, all of those guests are still coming, all of the things to, you know, the blinds, the trees, the mowing, whatever it Checking is, cameras. still has to yeah. be done. Yeah. The cooking, the chopping, yeah. everything that goes with that still had to be done. A lot of those would have fallen in his category. 
And, you know, you can't just go hire an assistant farm manager on the spot. And plus, then I started interviewing guys throughout the whole yeah. fall. So it really put a, a big, a big, uh, onus on myself and Wayne. We worked harder this fall than we've ever worked. So yeah. it was, uh, I was happy to see it end for the first time in many, many years. I looked forward to that last day. I really, yeah. I, it was nice yeah. to have Mason ended out because mm -hmm. it got us pumped up again. But yeah, by the time really we got to out. that, Wade and I were as wore out as the bucks on the farm were. I yeah. mean, we were just, we were just down and out. Yeah. We were tired. I mean, mm -hmm. we, there were very few days we didn't put in 12 to 14 hours and that's seven days a week. And we did that for four straight months. I mean, it's, it is it's a great. monstrous task to go through a season yeah. and produce 13 and host all yeah. the people and stuff. Yeah. You know? And you know, I know obviously nobody's going to cry a river out there, but it's it just, a, just to kind of give you the insight on the reality of the behind the scenes and, and from Terry's perspective, heck with the, the HD at his farm, Illinois was still kind of reeling from the previous couple of years of EHD. Like we have a group text chain, for the 13 show and yeah. it's all of the camera guys, it's all the hunters and it's the producer slash editor of, of the show, Mike. Mm -hmm. And it, that way Mike can make a lineup as we go, you know, of, of each phase and to, to read Terry and force text through the year. Like I expect those things from my lease, but not from, it was a brutal year for the, brother. The heartbreak. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, you know, these guys, it might've been, we, you know, we saw a beautiful four and a half year old one fifty, or, you know, that, you know, two great bucks had a great night at, you know, deer cast great. And then a dad's place there, there aren't, many deer. I mean, he thinks he lost up to maybe close to 70% of his herd on his oh, main farm. Yeah. So at his place, it's like, we got skunked or yeah. we saw a fawn at last light or nothing TV worthy. Every, yeah. every report, <laughs> nothing not TV, TV worthy, worthy, not TV, TV worthy. worthy. Yeah. And, and dad's what? 63, 63. You know, this is, he's in what, what could have been a fantastic year at his farm. Like we had a great year last year and mm -hmm. we had some beautiful deer that were up and comers this year and beautiful deer that would have been superstars this year and literally never got a photo of any of those deer and they're dead, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and so you got to understand from his perspective, all right, I'm in the last, you know, I'm in the twilight of my hunting uh, business side of the career maybe. Yeah. And here it's going to take five more years before I ever get back to where I was last year. Yeah. Like, I'll be, I'll be 68, you know, yeah, like in his mind, he's got to be like, this is what, you know, this is terrible. Yeah. So I, I just, I mean, I, I even said it, at, this was early on in October. I was like, dude, I was, I even, he, he said something like I'm heading to the lake or I'm, I'm taking <laughs> yeah, the weekend off, which he never does. Like never. he's a grinder. Yeah. Yeah. He always was the, the, the one that like, if he had a crappy season day 55, I'm <laughs> going to go until I kill the shooter. Yeah. He was just like, I'm heading to the lake. I can't do it. There's nothing to look at, you know? And it's like, I, I called him up. I said, I ac actually just said something to Scott, you know, or, or Rand or somebody. I was like, I don't know how much longer he'll make it before he breaks the season. And it was like that next day is like, I got to take a break, Yeah, you know? And yeah. then he said, I, I told him that. And he's like, Mark just told me the same thing. Actually. I was like, it's because I don't know how you're doing it. What it's one thing to just be able to go out a couple of times here and there mm -hmm. and not see anything, but every day, it takes you know, a toll mentally for, for three, four months. It's just a different the viewers story. are going. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you. Yeah. But when you, when you're trying to do it at this level for, for 
you know, we got commitments to our partners and the network and it's and, stressful. And the employees in the office yeah. and everyone else. I mean, you feel, you really feel like it all starts with killing big deer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, fall. and it's, um, it's just, it's a different viewpoint to hunting that others don't have. But so to talk about the year and how the deer moved, you know, in, in August of every year, Terry and I sit down and we break the season down month by month, September, October, November, December. Kind of a prediction. And we give a prediction based mm-hmm. on the moon and what we think is going to happen. And it's it's always much clearer at the tail end of the season to see how they acted, how they moved. And I thought overall, the early season was pretty good. They yeah. moved pretty well Indeed. in September and October. Big time. But boy, once we got through pre-lock and we started getting into desperately, or not desperately seeking, but um, uh, high anticipation, and then into the buck parade, and then into lockdown. Once we got into November, man, I thought November was really, really poor this year. And I, I was watching it on my cameras as I was checking cards. That Everything was happening at night. The herd over Overall, because of EHD outbreaks from 12 through 19, somewhere in the Midwest, you've probably got affected by EHD sometime. Yeah. And then the herd is out of balance. Uh, we don't have the deer numbers we used to. What is there is out of balance. They look not as healthy as they should, in my opinion, because of that uh, at additional stress mm-hmm. because of the rut. And I just thought November was horrible. I thought December got even worse because the, the bucks that were there got very tired, didn't move very well to December, couple that with really warm temperatures, yeah. and it made for a really poor second half of the season yeah. in terms of daylight activity of mature bucks. We could see deer. We couldn't see mature bucks. Yeah. They were they were few and far between. Yeah, That matches with my experience. Even the first half. Well, the first the first half, I saw some decent bucks. I just passed on because I thought, well, I'll, I, I I had been seeing bigger bucks on camera, yeah. and and I just I, I passed on them. The curse of the camera. That's the one part about it. Like when you know what's there, yeah, you, you know mm-hmm. that's it's that's hard a, to commit to a deer that it early. It's a double edged sword. You're like, well, <laughs> and one time burned. in November, I had a picture of this <sighs> big deer come through it. 3 a.m. Yeah. I'm holding out. <laughs> so, Mark, you've talked about in the past how there is sometimes a, a silver lining with EHD and that in, sure. in future years, you can see more, you can see bigger, mature bucks. How long do you think it's going to take us to rebound from the 2019 outbreak? It, it's usually like three years. Like, you know, I, I would say by 21, 22, you're going to see some mega giants in the Midwest because mm-hmm. there are so few one and a half through three and a halves right now. Those that do grow up, and, and mature are going to be mega giants because they don't have that social stress of other bucks around them. They're yeah. literally going to grow up alone. And it's, I think people underestimate how much that social stress holds a deer down in mm-hmm. terms of his overall development, you know, but it, it, every time that we've had it, I remember back to 98, right after that 01 through 03 was amazing on the farm, man, just amazing. Yeah. 12. And I, I killed two of my biggest deer right after 98, like 03 and 04. Mm-hmm. Then in 12, 15 and 16, I killed the two biggest deer in my life. Like it, it, without fail, that silver lining will occur. It sucks to go through EHD years. You think, man, this is just not what I'm used to, but it's really just a new normal. Mm -hmm. Like the herd resets, the population's lower. They don't move as well. And it's, it's longer hours between sightings of deer in general and certainly mature bucks. But there is something coming downstream that's going to be really special. And that's, that's really optimized, maximized, monstrous deer. Mm-hmm. You wonder what that's going to do for license sales. Like, I, cause, cause, I mean, the, the I, personally I, think, I personally think 12 is what's happened to our license sales in the last nine, mm-hmm. nine years here or, or eight years. It's 
it's really smoked the overall population because people went out, they had a bad experience and no deer. Well, I'm done hunting. You're competing, hunting and time spent afield is competing with so many other things in, in your average person's life these days, whether it's youth sports, for it's youth family, sports, it's, it's youth activities. It's, mm-hmm. it's crazy. And, um, you know, our work obligations are name it, yeah. you know, you name it. There's it, a billion other things. It's not saying that stuff's bad. It's just that there's so much more of it than when we all grew up. Like when I grew up, you might play softball in the summer and that was it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It, it, maybe high school football track, whatever it is now. I mean, there's it's it's, leagues it's and- nonstop activities for the children. It's big business. Let's face it. Yeah. And it, it's pulling those parents out of the woods because their time is consumed. And it's then a the social, it's a social shift. Kids aren't getting mm-hmm. into the woods. Kids aren't getting in the woods. Maybe it's that a- two days during the youth season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and the data there shows they don't come back after they yep. age out of the youth season. I know it's so, uh, it's, it's sad. Uh, it's scary. It's, it's bleak, but you know, what, what can you do? You know, continue to try to introduce usher, more people, in, introduce more people, whether it's youth or whether it's like this, John Dudley move at PSE. Great move because mm-hmm. he's speaking to people outside of our industry. He's, you know, mm-hmm. people that are, you know, our age or, or, or in their twenties or whoever, just people that may have never thought about hunting before. So that's, um, he's teaching. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you always look for the silver lining. You always look for the, the, the upside of things. It's just difficult because it's, it makes it hard for people to stick through a season like this. It's, it's, I think it's going to winnow out the, the people that maybe don't just don't have a whole lot of time to waste on deer hunting if they're not going to kill anything. And, and then you kind of, you crystallize the very hardcore of the hardcore. Yeah. So I, I don't know what that does to the overall dynamics of the hunting industry and license sales, but, uh, but it's going to be tough. It seems like it is. And I, I think in general, like hunters are a selfish lot. So therefore they're not like, Hey, to, to your neighbor, don't give up over there. Keep hunting. Yeah. You know, they're not, <laughs> they're not doing oh, you're that. Done. They're you're like, oh, you're done. Oh. oh man. I hate that. Oh, you're not letting anybody else in there. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's terrible. Can and I it? Inside they're, you know, they're elated, but in reality, we need to all prop each other up because it, it's, it's needed at this point more than ever. Yeah, that's right. And it, it's a trickle down effect because then the manufacturers say sales slump manufacturers start going out of business or they get gobbled up or, you know, it's, it's kind of a vicious little cycle and it, it all begins with mm-hmm. the license number, you know, that, mm-hmm. that's out there and it's just yep. dwindling. That's right. And it is, it's like alarming rates. I, I hear guys that say stuff like, well, where I'm from, everybody still hunts, you know, well, you got to understand like, yeah. And the r- rural, that's your local reality. Uh, yeah. But on big picture scale, how much ground are we losing to, you know, cities expanding and little municipalities becoming bigger and, you know, suburbs and more suburbs and like that, all those things equate to less and less hunting ground, less and less hunting numbers. Even non-hunters right now are seeing that, that our, our state game and fish agencies are, have less funding because they don't have the revenue coming from license sales. So even people who aren't advocates of hunting recognize that, Oh geez, maybe we really do need these these people on board and the tax that comes with it, like sales that, you know, of products in in the the hunting world. And and I don't think we can overestimate what the effect that the CWD has had on people just going, I don't want to take a chance to kill CWD deer and eat it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I really think that 
undertow is pulling things down as well. Uh, it's multifactorial. We've hit on several of them, but to me, that's that's one of the big ones. You know, you read about it, you read all these reports, and you're like, eh, you know, if you're the Why casual weekend guy, eh, uh, well, pass. Story for you. So, Randa, my wife sent me a uh, on Facebook a story. Uh, news story and it was about zombie deer. It was CWD. Right, She's yes. like, are we eating? I'm like, this is, don't worry about this. See how that impressed her? Yeah, yeah. Because of a, li a liberal writer yeah. writing something to damage our yeah, sport. Yeah, she's like, is this a real thing? I'm like, no. <laughs> it's like, what? The catchy title. That's yeah, that, the zombie deer part's not the real part of it. And, you know, so it's, it's unfortunate. There's a lot, there's just a lot of angles where people are kind of like taking chunks out of hunting, mm -hmm. right? A lot of different yeah. areas and ways. And then ultimately you, you see dwindling license sales out of it. That's what the reality yeah. is. And then, and then you get like internally, we're mm -hmm. arguing about crossbow, yeah. crossbow hunting versus vertical bow hunting. Internally like, within the industry. Yeah. 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 It's like, we're, that, we're, that was one thing that shocked me this year. Like we had a few crossbow kills in camp and, and as a team, we had some crossbow kills, but the, the pushback we received from our, Social media uh, sure. following against those crossbow the hunters. Futures now get used to I'm it, like, guys. You know what? You know, if someone chooses to take a crossbow out and kill a deer and is happy in the moment, what did it? How did it affect you? Why are you upset that this person went out and killed a deer with a crossbow? Like I don't get that at yeah. all. I think it has to go with the selfish nature of of bow hunters because you feel like, or just hunters in general, you feel like, well, you have an unfair advantage because you can reach out to 60, 70 yards with a crossbow and with my vertical bow, I can't. So you are one-upping me. But Well, these, then go get a crossbow. Yeah, like these are all personal choices. You can buy them for 300, 400. Like that's the alarming part. You can you can buy them for pretty cheap, realistically. Oh, incredible tools. Those, yeah. That PSC Fang HD, unbelievable it's Like $400 bow. $400 bow. It shoots close to 400 feet per second. I mean, just incredibly accurate. Easy to shoot. Easy, very accurate. Mm -hmm. And they're fun. I mean, that's the thing we enjoyed in camp. Like we were like, try to hit that. You know, it reminded me of when we were kids trying to hit stuff with BB guns oh, and sure. stuff like we would lengthen the distance, try and hit it. And it was a lot of fun. And they're also incredibly ethical and very, very effective in the field. Mm -hmm. That's what I liked about them. You know, if you're out there trying to shoot a doe or taking my mom, got her a bow. Oh, well, that's a what bow I was deer. about to say that. I'm like to take mm -hmm. an, your 86 year old mother. And get a first bow deer, you know, like absolutely. She she doesn't go without that opportunity. Yeah, she's not to, out. To, to some, know? they might say, "Well, that's the reason why it's it's shouldn't be on the same level as you know a compound bow." But that's the exact reason why it is because you have the ability to introduce people with injuries, you know, or continue to let people with injuries hunt. Younger older child. People, younger child, yep. you know, whatever. Older. older. Yep, we need whatever. to do anything we can to expand. Absolutely. And mom loved it. Yeah. She couldn't wait to come back for uh, rifle season, you know? Like, yeah. She just got an experience because of the close proximity of the deer that she yeah. hadn't had before. And she was like, I can't wait till next year, you yeah. know? So it's uh, to each their own. Everybody has mm -hmm. their own choices. We all got to support whatever you choose, whether it's a long range mm -hmm. rifle and you kill one at a thousand yards, a muzzleloader, a cross bow, a bow, uh, whatever you choose to do, support each other. Yeah, no doubt. I think, I think there's always going to be the ar argument friendly or not of, um, this is better than that, whatever the topic mm -hmm. may be. And people get into that Chevy Ford, <coughs> Ram, nature. you know, whatever this football LSU or Auburn tiger or whatever it is, there's always that element and people get into it. 
the, the real problem in our industry is we're such a small industry and we're getting smaller. You, you can't really afford a lot of that back and forth because it drives people out that we can't afford to lose. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you want them to be in on, on the social conversation so they feel apart. They read all that negativity and they're like, yeah, I don't want to read this. I made the horrible mistake of going to archerytalk.com and I wanted to see what they were saying about PSE and the new lineup of bows. And mm-hmm. that, you know, I felt like, Hey, this is a credible source of diehard people. I want, want to see how they feel about the new lineup. And, and I really regretted take a shower very afterwards. quickly. Yeah. I was like, so, it's just cause they were arguing. Yeah. It's just all, about dumb stuff. And, and you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, that's not the point of why I wanted to go there. I wanted to go there to get like educated. I, I think these guys are, um, educated archers. Like they know way more than I know. So I want to get their opinion, non-biased. It's like being able to look into someone's mindset and I got nothing yeah. out of it. I just didn't, I didn't learn anything other than this guy hates PSE or this guy loves PSE or this guy's a Matthews guy or a Hoyt guy. You didn't really get down to like the tech mm-hmm. side like, of why, it. Why argue, you know? Yeah. We, our, 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 our little world here would be so much better if people could differentiate between opinion and fact. And I know I'm going to get killed on there for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I should never go back again. I, you no. know, I, I've gone over to Archer Talk for certain subjects and and I had the same experience. I, I saw some good things and a lot of positive information stuff. You can learn a lot from from there yeah. and other. I think there's a bow side or yeah. whatnot. Yeah. But in general, I saw a lot of people fighting about different things that I just didn't understand. It's no different than our social pages, right? Yeah, yeah. So really you go isn't. to the Drury Outdoors <laughs> Facebook page and you get in there. People are in there arguing, you know, and I, I don't understand. And that's the overall theme. It's not a knock on archery talk or bow side or, or social media in general. It's it's a knock on the propensity to argue with each other, mm-hmm. even within our yeah. own. But with people you don't know, you don't know their background. You don't know why they might choose a certain thing that they're choosing. Just all you yeah. know is I don't like you because you said this. And it's, then they, they air it out. And if, if you, if you go on social media and you go into politics, you get the same thing. You yeah, go into sure. sports, you get the yeah. same thing. It's really people that are just passionate about what they do. And sometimes that passion ekes out in a, in a more negative than positive way. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down Very to. Interestingly nice to enough, so far there hasn't been a whole lot of that in Deercast. There really hasn't. I, I hope it doesn't creep in. I mean, I, I like that. It's a positive kind of overwhelmingly positive um, source for people to go to yeah. and enjoy each other and it learn is. stuff and, you know, share their experiences. That's kind of the, that was the point. One of the points of why mm-hmm. we did it. So hopefully it can continue down that path. Yeah. It's like so. 95% positive, which is incredible in this, in this world. Yeah. And, and I, I think we have to fight to keep it that way. There's, Absolutely. There's, there's no yep. way that it just stays pure as a driven snow. Um, you guys ready to talk a little Turkey? Jump into the wildlife word. Sure. Yeah, let's All do right. it. Uh, this week's wildlife word uh, words are barbules and hooks. Mark. And <laughs> so Dang, these that, are that the two- only way I know about a hook is what's on the end of his, his spur. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a two-year-old didn't have very good hooks on it. I can yeah. tell you that. This is a different kind of hook on uh, on a turkey. And in, in fact, any bird, uh, the mechanism in which a bird's feathers remain streamlined and intact. When you harvest a turkey or other bird, you run your fingers against the grain, then back with the grain of the vein, and you'll see them kind of reconnect like Velcro. That's, yeah. that's what the actual mechanism is, pulling them back into shape nice. and keeping them there. Nice. Barbules and hooks. Tim always brings the heat on the wildlife word of the What's day. What's the barbule? 
It's like the, the there's, receiving a, there's, end? A male, there's a male and a okay. female end. Very mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. I like it. That's that's so. a good one, Tim. That's the best one I've heard. It's well, like every episode related to a turkey. Every episode is the best one, seems like. For sure. They just no get tell. better and better. <laughs> we had uh, we've had many fake sponsors sponsor the wildlife word of the day. Along, yeah, we'll, we'll probably have a few year. more along the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's always fun. Awesome. Yeah, well, right. we should probably shut this thing down. Um, but I appreciate folks tuning in. If you want to leave us a question, go to dreoutdoors.com slash podcast and click the send voicemail button and leave your name, location, and what you want us to answer on the air. We'll do our best to get to that. As always, you can check out the content that we're producing every day over in Deercast or over on YouTube on all the social channels, uh, deercast.com. And uh, even though it's starting to get to that off season. There's always something fun going on. Shed no season's doubt. up next in mm-hmm. the next few you know weeks, and then turkey season starts after that, and then you're back into deer mindset. It never stops. So just follow along, and we'll keep you posted as we go throughout the seasons.